sing out this song and I'll be there by your side. Hello and welcome back to Tivating Patiently, the appreciation podcast that highlights, dives deeper, and celebrates the work and accomplishments of our national treasure, Aaron Tivate. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and this week's episode will be a mini-series of such, because we're about to dive into one of my favorite pieces of work that Aaron's been a part of, his USA Network show, Graceland. In my personal opinion, Graceland could be a podcast all on its own, but I hope to be able to do it justice here. Before I dive into season one, there will be some spoilers ahead for events that happened in the season, so if you haven't yet watched Graceland, Press pause here, go get yourself a snack and a beverage, catch up on season one, and then come back here to press play. Whoever was in charge of casting for Graceland deserves major props because they selected a group of people who have such amazing chemistry both on screen and off. And it's amazing to see them even now today that when there are events like if Aaron had Moulin Rouge, Graceland cast members came back out to support him and get together and just continue to show that unconditional support for each other. The agents of the show, all living in Graceland, are Aaron Tveit as rookie Mike Warren, Daniel Sunjata as mentor slash head agent in the house, Paul Briggs, Manny Montana as Johnny Turturro, Vanessa Ferlito as Charlie DeMarco, Sorinda Swan as Paige Arkin, and Brandon J. McLaren as Dale Jakes. And these agents are a combination of FBI, DEA, and customs agents living in the house together. Graceland and Special Agent Mike Warren are proof that timing really is everything. Within one month of Catch Me If You Can closing on Broadway in 2011, Aaron got the call that he had been cast for the pilot of Graceland. And I think about that timing all the time. And now that I have Mike Warren and Graceland in my life, I can't imagine not having them, you know? Most of you may know that Graceland is based on a real FBI undercover house that was active in the 1990s. They had seized it from a drug lord who was apparently a big Elvis fan and had the house covered in Elvis memorabilia that the name Graceland stuck when they took it over. The cast actually had the opportunity to shoot some of the episodes in a $17 million beachfront mansion. But then the set designers had to design and duplicate the house because it simply would have caused way too much to continue to shoot all of those episodes there. In a Graceland Q&A panel, the cast actually spoke about the set. Uh, uh, She's watching in Boston. She asks, uh, so the house that you film in, is that just a set or an actual house by the water? Both. The house in the pilot okay. was a real house. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Amazing. Mm. Um, $17 million. Seventeen. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it was somebody's weekend. It was like their summer home, which is complete. <laughs> We're like, who lives like that? that? A $17 million dollar yeah. weekend home. Yeah. If you guys are watching at one of the places, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're not hitting on you. <laughs> we'll borrow it whenever free. It would just cost too much money to do that, so they always duplicate. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. And then we built the, the original. Yeah. And they basically built an amazing version of that house, but 
even which cost like a million dollars. Even bigger and better yeah. and more functional, which was great yeah. because the house was great, but it was hard to shoot in because some hallways are small. Yeah. So we have a house that is basically each floor is one separate level of the stage and walls can level of the stage and walls can move. And so they did an incredible job yeah. building. I would live in that house. I would live in that house. I would live in that house. It's like, like, my room. like it's, it's awesome. honestly like Ikea. Yeah. So you like walk around one yeah. and like you think a closet should be there, but it's a bathroom and then you yeah. stare yeah. and go to nowhere. It's and like amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You should have a party there. Graceland was actually labeled as being a more darker show for the USA Network. Sorinda Swan, who played special agent Paige Arkin, called it the Eeyore cloud of the network because while there are parts of the show that are lighthearted, the events are dark and cover real and dangerous situations faced by undercover agents on a day-to-day -day basis. In an interview with show people, Aaron talks about the premise of the show and how that structure forced the USA Network to sort of branch out in a way. That Bomer's TV show. Mm -hmm. Uh, so tell me about it. It's really an interesting show. It's, I think at the outset people may think it's a procedural cop show, but it's mm -hmm. really not. It's much more character driven. And uh, I think it's, I think this is the first time that USA is kind of breaking into long arcs instead of just okay. one episode arcs. Right, okay. We're really doing season long arcs, nice. which also helps because we're playing undercover agents. So you really can't naturally and realistically okay. get undercover with a case right. in one episode. So they're right. really good. In addition to the USA Network branching out with the show in terms of character arcs and such, in an interview with TV Web, Aaron spoke about how the creator, Jeff Easton, was very collaborative to work with, which Aaron said isn't always the case when working with show writers. White collar, and I was wondering if, if you could talk about, I guess, the, the feel of this show and like what, what you were really kind of expecting from this. Hmm. Well, you know what? I've been a fan of Jeff's and a fan of White Collar, and uh, you know, from, from from day one, really, when I think we were both auditioning for it, it was very clear that this was a. He's a very collaborative writer, you know, which is a, not always the case. I mean, we don't, which is exciting for us because we don't have to be word perfect every day. Basically, they they come up with great story, and the the stories are broken and they're fantastic. And then they really encourage us to bring ourselves and bring our own ideas. And you know, it's a. I think it's a. It's a testament to how great a writer Jeff is and the other writers are that they can come up with their story and then they can let it go a little bit you know because they trust that their story will hold up and that we can all do it together and find it together. Mm. Aaron and the Graceland cast had the opportunity to meet and speak with multiple agents and law enforcement officers prior to filming the show and they went through trainings and were able to pick their brains about the tactical components of being an undercover agent. One area that always stands out to officers who watch cop shows is how the actors hold and handle the guns. Instantly, the real-life officers know who is doing it right and who's doing it wrong. The Graceland cast really took that to heart and became like sponges, taking in knowledge and learning from these agents and officers to make their portrayals as realistic as possible for the viewers. The cast even said that in scenes where there was a group of SWAT or other officers with them, those were real agents. Also, a side note, it should come as no surprise that Aaron was labeled by the cast as being the best marksman in the house. Shocker. When we first meet Aaron's character, rookie Mike Warren, he is at his graduation from Quantico, where he's graduating at the top of his class. He has all the book smarts, and he knew he wanted to be an FBI agent from a young age because his grandfather was a crime scene photographer. 
After graduation, Mike was under the impression that he was headed for the desk job of his dreams in Washington, D.C. Little did he know, however, that he would instead be sent across the country to be an undercover agent in Graceland. After waiting almost two hours to be picked up in the airport in the exact location that he was instructed to wait, Manny Montana, who plays Johnny Turturro, finally picks him up and takes him to the oceanfront home that would become Mike's new safe haven. Or would it? In the Show People interview, the dynamic of the agents in the house and the situations that they face outside of the house is further explained. The interesting thing I think is that it's really, it's this dichotomy between this great, fun, fun, funny family relationship, dysfunctional family that we have, these, all these agency, agents living in the safe house, but then it is really, it's also a darker show for USA. It's um, in the sense that it's really realistic and the situations that we get in undercover are very, very dangerous and very stark and realistic. And so it's kind of this interesting element of this family life at home versus this terrible life outside. And I think that's where, you know, Graceland, it's a kind of a heady thing, but this house is our right. land of grace. It's the land that we can find comfort and, and respite from. In interviews about the first episode of the show, Aaron speaks to how many of his housemates say a lot of things about him, like he's the top of his class, his test scores, he's a rule follower, he needs the experience and exposure of undercover work, but he never says much about himself and why he is there in Graceland instead of in D.C. like everyone thought he would be. It's revealed at the end of the first episode that Mike Warren is there on assignment to investigate his housemate and training officer, Paul Briggs. That reveal sets the stage for the events that follow in the season one episodes. So again, if you haven't yet watched Graceland, one, why not? And two, press pause, go watch it, and then come back here. To be able to be successful with his assignment, Mike must get close to Briggs, but to get close to Briggs, he also needs to get close to the cases that Briggs is working on. And Mike is able to get in and close with the Nigerian drug lord, Jeremiah Bello, who Briggs has been following for years. This moment when Mike gets in makes Paul a little excited, but also suspicious of Mike and his intentions. Paul Briggs plays a role of being the leader, the mentor, the savior of Graceland, yet he also plays one step ahead of his housemates and has his own agenda. Mike catches on to this when the house is chasing Odin Rossi, who they think is a drug supplier for Bello. The house, including Briggs, sets up well-thought-out plans for how to tail Bello and finally get eyes on Odin Rossi, yet... Every time they get close, it seems that Odin doesn't show up, or plans change. Lo and behold, that's because Paul Briggs is Odin. So of course he's not going to let his housemates get eyes on him. This Odin persona is a huge reason why Mike is investigating Briggs in the first place. All of Briggs' reports are based on heroin busts, and always in large amounts. The FBI believes that Briggs has been stealing the drugs. And in season one, episode eight, a plan is put in place to get eyes on Odin, and when things start to fall apart, Mike deviates from the plan. Once Brig realizes he's about to get caught, he has no choice but to attack Mike from behind, and he makes him pass out for just a few seconds. Then, when Mike comes to, 
Briggs is able to act like he's there to help Mike and that tells him that Odin got away. That confrontation scene in episode 8 is crazy because both men are actually really fighting each other. In fact, they had stuntmen there, but Aaron revealed that he did all of that fighting himself, except for the part where his character does a literal backflip off of a fence. He saved the backflips for Moulin Rouge. That move in Graceland was done by his stunt double, who was actually the stuntman for Indiana Jones at Disney World. Just another fun fact for you. In order to keep Graceland a safe house and protected, the house has rules, including no relationships and no guests upstairs. Mike Warren, the textbook rule follower, doesn't completely understand why he can't have a relationship, especially after he meets Abby at a local bar. His housemates try to explain to him that nothing about this relationship with Abby would be real because he has to lie for a living. She can never know what he really does in order to protect himself and the house. Yet, young rookie Mike is determined to have it all. Abby makes him feel safe, to feel relaxed, and because of this, he lets his guard down one night and takes her to Graceland and breaks the cardinal rule of no guests upstairs. As you can imagine, Abby sees things upstairs in Mike's room that makes her realize that he has in fact been lying to her and she doesn't really know him at all. So she walks away from him. And after she does, Mike says to Paige, Briggs breaks rules all the time and yet nothing happens. I break one rule for the first time and get this. And Paige responds, you're not Briggs. The whole Abby-Mike relationship and breakup breaks my heart. I really loved them together, even if it was only for a few episodes. I loved that Abby gave him that sense of security, that he had that safe space to go to that he didn't feel like he had in Graceland. I truly believe that if there was able to be a little bit more honesty and openness between them, something could have worked out. In episode 9, Aaron's character, Mike, actually gets stabbed by a Mexican mercenary named Jangles. He's the man who Briggs has a whole vendetta against for holding him hostage in Mexico, getting him hooked on heroin, and now Jangles is trying to get information out of Jeremiah Bello for who this Odin Rossi supplier is. Watching Mike get stabbed and be injured and in pain in the hospital and then back at the house wasn't easy as a viewer. By this point in the season, I was very attached to Mike and of course attached to Aaron, so I hated seeing him hurt. However, after this attack, the FBI is able to swoop in and finally arrest and take down Bello, which Briggs had been trying to do for years. While in the hospital, Mike actually reveals to Paige why he's in Graceland. Paige calls him a rat and walks out after she finds out that he's investigating Briggs. This is after she kept pushing Mike to open up and relax in the house. This reveal to her explained why he couldn't relax and she goes and walks away from him. Strike one of many for Paige. By the end of season one, Aaron gets to put his top marksmanship label to the test when he shoots and kills the mercenary Jangles 
who was actually holding Briggs and Charlie hostage and preparing to kill them. So he saves his fellow agents, kills this legendary mercenary, takes down the Nigerian drug lord Bellow, and then ultimately ends the season back in Washington, D.C. as an assistant to the deputy director. Aaron has described shooting Graceland as being just so much fun. He has said that it's like being a kid again, playing cops and robbers, but he's also so grateful that he only plays an FBI agent on TV and isn't actually an agent in real life because what they do every day is scary and dangerous. During that Graceland Q&A panel, there were so many funny moments between the cast as they reminisced about shooting season one. And I wanted to share two with you that actually stuck with me and made me laugh. The cast called Aaron out for being the one of them who always knew his lines. Shocker. In fact, he knew his lines and all of theirs, and they called him annoying. Except one day on set, Aaron's parents were there to watch him shoot, and he could not for the life of him remember even the simplest lines. There are bloopers on YouTube where Aaron is forgetting line after line and then turns to the camera and says, quote, I'm not usually like this, mom and dad. It's just a cute moment to me between Aaron and the cast and Aaron's parents. The other moment was a response that Aaron gave to this question. Has the show made you more observant in your everyday life? Here's Aaron's response. So she wants to know, do you think working in the show has made you more observant or better at reading people? Hmm. I think so. I have a little story. I think I've told it once before. Right when we got back from working, I was on the subway here in New York, and it was a very crowded subway, mm -hmm. and sometimes you're kind of jammed in together close. And I literally thought that a guy was, like, he was reaching in his coat, and I just got that feeling in the back of my neck. <laughs> like, I thought he was reaching for a gun. And I was literally standing there, and I kind of just went like this. <laughs> And then I had to like, I, I had to stop myself and I was like, uh, no, whoa. you are, you're not an FBI agent. <laughs> you can't, you can't do that. So, but I had, but I had, you. But I had, you know, I had a gun, had a gun on my hip for six months. So it was like used to it, so. Could you imagine seeing wannabe special agent Aaron Tveit taking a stand on the New York subway? Ugh, I just love Graceland and I feel like I could continue talking about it and the episodes. I have told so many people that they need to watch this show, and I finally talked my brother into watching it, and he sent me a text after episode one and was like, wow, you're right, this is going to be so good, now I won't sleep because I'll be watching it all night. It's just such a bingeable show. While I believe that Graceland was canceled all too soon, I'm grateful that there are still two more seasons that I can come back and talk about here with you all. So thank you so much for listening today and for your support of this little podcast. And if for some reason you have not watched Graceland yet, clear your schedule and get on it. You won't be sorry. And if you're looking for more fun Aaron content, you can find me on Instagram at tevading underscore patiently. Hope to see you back here next week for more talk about Aaron as special agent Mike Warren in episode 15. Until